has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Well, my little Tauntauns, it is good to be back behind the microphone and in the USW World Headquarters studio located in the San Francisco Bay Area. My name is Devin Kleffer. It's been a while, listeners, since you and I have gotten together and talked about that galaxy so far, far away. More on that in our announcements at the end of the show. Don't worry. I haven't returned any of Dave Filoni's calls to this point in time. <laughs> we have got an exciting, it's going to be like part one of, I don't know, two to three parts counting down to the rise of Skywalker. A little, little independent flick coming out in about a week or so. Can you believe that? A week or so away. Oh. And we're going to be in the theaters watching, laughing, crying, and that's just in the line for the bathroom. Um, <laughs> listen, um, joining me uh, on the podcast tonight, uh, you down with BTC? Yeah, you know me. Barb the Canadian is in the house. Welcome back, Barb. Yeah, that's that's right. That's me. You know how much that threw me off when you put that when in I the show? When I put BTC in the I, show notes? I yeah. looked at it. I'm like, wait, I thought I was on. And then I, yeah. I thought for a second. Yeah. I'm like... Oh, it's Devin being Devin. So right. now I'm BTC. You are BTC. I've, I've yeah, been... I'm down with BTC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, know you know me. me. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Hey, not to um, be outdone by any stretch of the imagination, she is the grown adult that one time in her childhood beat the hell out of a 14-year-old boy in an alley in Philadelphia's darker corridors. She's also the other half of this co-host job. And she books in the 48 contiguous United States of America. That is the one and only. It's me. Eve. Yeah, that's definitely me. I do all of those things. Hey, You do. Everybody. Simultaneously. You're multitasking. <laughs> all the time. You're podcasting and kicking the hell out of 14-year-old boys. Still. Right now. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just like they come right down now. the street. Yeah. They come trick-or-treating at your door and you just punch them in the face. <laughs> yeah. I love Came that. the wrong house. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's so legit. You got to live stream that next year. <laughs> There are a thousand different ways we could kind of dissect where things are going with Revenge, Revenge of the Skywalker. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a hell of a movie? Some people that weren't satisfied with The Last Jedi would be down for that title. Oh, um, for Rise, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. Um, there are a number of ways we could take a look at this. But what I want to focus on tonight in our closer look is actually how, how is J.J. and company going to stick the landing on Chapter 9? Because this is not only the end of this little uh, sequel trilogy, but it's also the end of the Skywalker saga, at least. And that's what we've been told thus far. So my goodness, to stick the landing, better him than me. That's for <laughs> sure. I'm going to quote Han Solo on that. So our closer look tonight is going to be sticking the landing. What's at stake in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. However, Barbara, can you hear that distant sound coming ever closer? Uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah! <laughs> it 
it's time once again. Now that Daddy's back in charge, we're gonna play oh, a little Lord. USW game tonight. Um, Barb, I'm gonna go ahead. If you, since you're back in the studio again, I'm gonna go ahead and have you spin the wheel to see which game we play tonight. So, Barb, go ahead and give the wheel a spin. <laughs> I like this. This is the first time we've played this game. This game is called Faux Outrage. F-A-U-X, Faux Outrage. Here's how it works. You have a max of 20 seconds to claim Faux Outrage at anything within the Star Wars galaxy. But here's a catch tonight. You're going to be playing on behalf of one of our patrons whose names were randomly drawn out of a hat. Well, actually a Stormtrooper helmet before tonight's episode. So... The best faux outrage gets you not only some bragging rights on the show, but gets one of our patrons something from our prize cachet. All right, Barb, because uh, you are the Canadian, we're going to allow you to pick whether you go first or second tonight. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to go first. You're going to go yeah. first. This yeah. surprises me. How very non-Canadian of you. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Get okay. It. So, Barb, uh, I'm going to set the timer here. You will have 20 seconds max to mm. give us... Your best faux outrage about anything within the Star Wars galaxy. And Barb, you are playing on behalf of patron Derek DuVernay tonight. Derek DuVernay, here is Barb's <laughs> faux outrage. Oh, this is hardly faux outrage. After watching The Mandalorian and seeing everything that a Mandalorian is capable of, how could they ever have killed off Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> he even had a jetpack, and the Mandalorian in the show doesn't. He could have done so much more than being swallowed by a Sarlacc pit. Here he is being thrown, and his capabilities were through the roof. I am so outraged that Boba Fett was wasted. This is not faux outrage. This Everybody out there is going to agree with me <laughs> wow um what i love most about that is the first time in a long time that i've seen a canadian get fired up about stuff so um that alone is a great welcome back to the pod mr Cleffer, for me um i have checked in with our judges and the only technical um insight with that is that boba fett was not actually a mandalorian he was not from mandalore uh that okay, means he was wearing mandalorian armor and he had that mandalorian symbol on yes. you want me to get outraged i'll get right outraged oh, you go, right now go. because you're gonna argue Derek's that depending you, on you go i mean the only way that we know what mandalorians are is because of boba fett so we're not even gonna boba go fett. what was he with was he with force gump <laughs> Boba Fett, <laughs> would you stop? <laughs> if, they, if it weren't for the prequels, there would be no fighting that he's a Mandalorian. So don't even go there. Got Mandalorian armor. Well, let's look at the te television show. He's called a Mandalorian, but he wasn't born on Mandalore. He came into it after. He's one of the, oh, what did they call him? Um, I know the, what Gina calls him. <laughs> foundling. Ba yeah, he was yeah. a foundling. Yeah. So a foundling. don't even go, don't even go into he's not a Mandalorian. Wow, Derek, I want to just say whether you win or not tonight, she has given her best. This is amazing. <laughs> good job, Barb. Yeah. It's good to see you like that. All right, um, <laughs> Eve, you are going to have twenty seconds to have as much faux outrage as you possibly oh. can about anything in the Star Wars galaxy. You, Eve, you're playing on behalf of our newest patron. That is the very fabulous Mister David. Anderson. So, Eve, oh, 20 yeah. seconds of faux outrage on behalf of patron David Anderson. 
Uh, okay, honestly, I'm going to keep it real simple right now. Disney executives sat around a table and they plotted and they storyboarded and they went around. And they were like, John Favreau and Werner Herzog, we're going to do this. We're going to do this thing. And now we have to wait at least seven or eight months for Baby Yoda products. And I'm sorry, but as a grown-ass woman, that bothers me. That <laughs> bothers me. I just want a little plushie to just, you know... Put on my desk. Feel good. Feel safe. Just look at him. He gives me happy feels. That's all. Disney, what the actual f- did you think was going to happen? I'm actually imagining you bringing a cup of soup to your mouth now that you've <laughs> I your, have your a seltzer outrage. at my yes. mouth right now. Mm, yes. Ooh, both are good arguments. Both hit, hit the nail on the head. I mean, there there is not faux outrage there. That was real. I could feel that. Ah, ah, ah. I'm outraged. It's time to make a decision here. <laughs> All right, damn it. Derek and David, you both win this week. I just can't decide. <laughs> nice. the world All right, so Derek and David, if we don't already have your addresses through Patreon, make sure that they are put in there, and we will drop something in the mail for you. You can thank Barb, the Canadian, and Eve when you get a chance. All right, <laughs> coming up next is our Closer Look topic for this week. Hang on. This is Bonnie Peace. This is Jeffrey Brown. Hi, this is Eric Walker. This is Jason Fryer. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson. And you are listening to Unmistakably. 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 Unmistakably Star Wars, the podcast. This bickering is pointless. Why are you asking this of me? I am here because you are here. We will use all our resources to unravel this mystery. You must learn. What did you say? Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. I grow tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. How simple you make it. Light and dark as if there is one without the other. Mm. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Barb, I'm so glad you're on the pod this week. Not only... It's good to have you back. It's good to be back yeah, in the swing of things here. Um, but I'm going to begin our closer look topic. We're going to go back in time, actually a little bit before Star Wars, the original, even hit theater. We're going to go back to the summer of 1976. Barb, were you around in the summer of 1976? <laughs> I was not. I mm-hmm. was a year and a half. You were a year and a half away. Later. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the equivalent of maybe a few inches shorter of Baby Yoda stature then. So you weren't quite that. Actually, Sipping. two and a half years. Ago. Okay, all right. <laughs> and Eve, Lord knows you weren't around then either. Um, <laughs> um, it's Mike. In no. the summer of 1976, Montreal, you no. may have heard of that. Wait, what was it? Say that again. Montreal. It's a, it's yes. a place in Canada. Barbie. Yeah, Montreal. Yeah. I'm sorry. How was it pronounced? Montreal. Montreal. That's how Canadians in English say it. Montreal. Yes. Montreal. Montreal. Like that? Americans have this, like, Montreal. It's Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> All right. Anyway, place in Canada <laughs> was, was hosting the Summer Olympics, and there was a young gymnast there from Romania by the mm. name of Nadia Comaneci. I do know. I do remember this, though. Do you? You weren't around. How do you remember this? Because I'm a huge gymnastics enthusiast. I did it as ah, a kid. Yeah. Okay. All right. So... Nadi Komanichi comes out, does uh, her floor routine, does the uneven parallel, whatchamacallit, horse things, whatever, the flying around. Blah, 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 and um, Bars. Bars, <laughs> thank you. And um, 
And as she sticks the landing, goes for the victory pose, <laughs> the scoreboard flashes on it 1.0. And she and the Romanian fans and Bella Caroli, who was later a coach for the U.S. team, didn't know what to do because she had given an outstanding performance. Well, what is actually going down was she was the first ever to mm. score a perfect 10 mm -hmm. in gymnastics. And the scoreboard didn't go to 10. It went to like 9.9. .9. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so Nadi Comaneci, she stuck the land and she gets the perfect 10. So that is our lead-in for our closer look tonight. What is it going to take for JJ and company to stick the landing, to make this a 10 out of 10 and how is it going to also shape how we go back and look on the previous eight installments of the Skywalker saga? And, and who knows, maybe even some connective tissue to Rogue One and Rebels and other areas of the galaxy. So, Eve, I'm going to toss things your way from the mm -hmm. get-go tonight. When it comes to being roughly a week and a half away from sitting down in the theater, the lights go off. The screen flashes the, the Lucasfilm logo on it. Those majestical blue Helvetica mm. font words come up there. There's three seconds of silence before John Williams' French horns smack us in the face. <laughs> yep. And then the crawl begins. Mm -hmm. Roughly two and a half plus hours later, we're going to get closing credits. Yeah. What needs to happen in between those two things, Eve? <laughs> Everything. For, for JJ to go, drop the mic, drop the lightsaber hilt, I'm out. That, oh, gosh. I, okay. Disclaimer. I have been staying away from articles, from other podcasts with spoilery or theories. I have not... I really have sheltered myself from any kind of, you know, rumor mill or source said speak because mm -hmm. I just, I found myself getting worried that this movie is so big and important to me that if I went in reading this and reading that and absorbing and consuming everything that came, that comes out sometimes on an hourly basis mm -hmm. leading up to the 19th. I would just be crushed if one big thing didn't happen or one, you know, big thing did happen and so on yeah. and so forth. So I've been really kind of like, I, I just kind of pulled the curtain, like mm -hmm. just down right over me. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a bad call. I, I think a lot of us on our, on our team have done that as well. Although mm -hmm. I've seen the, the previews and stuff, I, I haven't gone trolling anywhere mm -hmm. on the interwebs. And if anything gets close to, a revealing title because some people are just so horrible. They'll actually put stuff in the title of articles. Now I'll, I'll do my best to just yeah skip by it. Yeah. But I, but to answer your question, what needs to happen for him to have an epic mic drop? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I think this is the first time, like I remember going into the last Jedi with a lot of like expectations and I want this to happen. And I hope this happens because it makes sense based on what we saw in the force awakens. I think a lot of fandom over the last two years has kind of muddied that pull for me. So I just retracted mm. and I want to go in and just watch a great movie by, you know, actors that I trust, storytellers that I have relied on and have been pleased with in the past for a story that does mean a lot to me, but it's not going to like make or break my life. 
<laughs> whoa, whoa. I can't do that anymore because what if it doesn't deliver? Then it's like, mm. uh, what is my life just over? I can't, come on now. <laughs> so l- let me just, just to recap here. Here's what I'm hearing from you. <laughs> This is called active listening. Here's what I'm hearing from you and what you said is yeah. that you're going to allow professional storytellers, sure am. filmmakers, <laughs> yep. and actors deliver a story to you. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. As I, who Why didn't I think of knew, that <laughs> who knew it's such what? an archaic practice. I, what I love is that's so retro. That's so hip. It's so right? counterculture. I know. I'm so. Right on the pulse, Devin. Oh my gosh, that's okay. I, I got to wrap my mind up. Professional storytellers. Professional. On the pulse, right down okay. on the pulse. All right, wow. Whoa, <laughs> I am so glad I was sitting down for that. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so let's kind of pick up from there, Bar, from your perspective, what has happened for like to stick the landing, get the Nadia Comaneci perfect 10? It's, you know, it's so hard to say because, you know, you use this example of the gymnast getting a perfect 10 and yeah. there's a set of judges <laughs> yeah. that give her that 10. Right. <laughs> However, for Star Wars, you know, the judges are the fans out there yeah. and fans in Star Wars tend to not agree. Mm, I've heard a rumor of this. Yeah. So to say like, what does J.J. Abrams have to do? Well, from whose perspective? You know, it it needs to be successful, but half of fandom will love it. Half of fandom will hate it. Half of fandom will be like, what the heck just happened? Mm. You ruined Star Wars. You know, it's just... Wait, how many halves of fandom? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) There's just so, so much... When it comes to fandom, that it's throwing my proportions and factoring yeah, it's the off. metrics, the Canadian uh, metrics. Yeah, system. exactly. Yeah. I, there's like ten halves. Anyways, it's a good, it's a good full product. <laughs> I just mean that there's so much out there when it comes to fandom, and mm-hmm. there's a lot on J.J. Abrams' shoulders yeah. when, it, if if we're looking at at fans as the judges, or yeah. are we going to look at box office numbers? Yeah. Are we mm. going to look at awards? Um, nominations yeah. as success. So what is it that determines success? Or are we going to purely, as Eve said, maybe focus on this story that we're given and see how it not only wraps up the sequel trilogy and maybe ties some of the ends that we got left with, with the last Jedi. Yeah. Um, is it going to wrap that up as well as maybe change our perspective on the entire Skywalker saga and bring in elements with, you know, we know that Palpatine is in this somehow. So that's going to bring in elements from the original tw- trilogy as well as the prequel trilogy. Right. So in my eyes, in my opinion, I think success for this determine- is determined by the story and how well it ties everything together to leave me in awe of not only this film, mm. but all of Star Wars. Okay. All right, so so the bar is set very high, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I want to touch on very, very quickly about that half, one-third, <laughs> 24, 26 out of yeah. – When you're talking about fandom, there's but, just... but there's a slice of fandom, right, that we understand that they're not going to be satisfied regardless, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. as an example, I'm, I'm reading somebody had – Somebody had tagged Ryan Johnson on Twitter the other day and said, oh, my gosh, I just got back from Knives Out. What an incredible story. Thank you so much for bringing us this great, fun film. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson responded to it and just said, you know, basically how much fun he had had and all that. 
And then to no one's surprise, there's a, a, a litany of mm-hmm. other people responding to that. It was like, yeah, but he wrecked Star Wars, oh. ruined Johnson, and all these. I'm just like, listen, I, I didn't fall into the trap of trying to engage with people like that even two years ago. But mm-hmm. I, I was talking to, to Jeremy at uh, work today, and I said, you know, like, how crazy is it? That here we are two years <laughs> later and people are still bitching about Ryan Johnson and the last Jedi. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So let, we're going to take those folks and we're, we're just going to put them over by themselves. Right. We're going yeah. to, we're let not, them we're have not going to factor theater. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to factor them into the, the decision-making process. So mm-hmm. let me, let me kind of, I guess, dig a little deeper with the question then. And, and Barbara, I'm just going to stick with you on this. Thanksgiving, Christmas, maybe even birthday. Okay, yeah, you, those are those are typically times you go out, maybe, or even if you're in with the family for like you eat a meal and you feel satisfied, right? You've got the the elastic waistband slacks <laughs> on, and you're ready for a nap shortly thereafter. What would satiate your Star Wars appetite to leave you feeling like? Can someone please get me a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, there's so much. And, you know, like, like we've said, I am not the storyteller. Thank goodness. But what would you need to see? I, I would need to see (laughs) Ray is a big part and I need to see some sort of furthering (laughs) her character, like not dying. I need to see, Mm. I need to see. Those are two things there. Those are two things. There's furthering the character and there's dying. I said not dying. Okay. But, okay. So. Furthering the character. And, yeah. And not dying. Okay. Unless it really made sense. Okay. And, and do you want me to continue or are you going to well, ask no, about well, that? Well, I just want, I want to follow up though. Cause those okay. are two things though. So there's furthering the character. So that was one thing. Like you want to see that, but you don't want her to see her die. But even if she does, you want the character furthered. You don't want her to be phasmid, right? You don't want her to be Boba Fetted, right? Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, if if her dying serves the character and the yeah. plot yeah. to no end, yeah. where yes, give me a cigarette, even though I've never had one in my life, sure, <laughs> you know, yeah. like then do that. Yeah. But don't do it for effect. Do okay. it because it's it's necessary. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because going back to Cass Sunstein's book that talked about George Lucas and Larry Kazin when they were writing Return of the Jedi, whether to kill Han Solo or not, and Lucas was adamantly opposed. We are not killing Han Solo. And Lawrence Kasdan was like, that could be the best thing that you do is kill mm-hmm. that character. Well, it didn't happen then, but you know, it happened however many years later. Yeah. All right, Eve. So let me, let me bring kind of the same question back to you, but just kind of unpeeling un- off some layers here. So to, to give you that satiated post Thanksgiving meal <laughs> feeling of uh, delightful, <laughs> Carb overload. Mm-hmm. What is it? What's it going to take? There's a bunch of like little things that are big things for me. So I don't okay. want Palpatine to be a gimmick. Okay. I don't want him to just be this side storyline where it's like, oh, we brought him back in because we know it's going to draw viewers. That'll piss me off. I don't want because there's there's also. One of the theories that I saw way back was that moment where Ray and Kylo are slashing at something dark, 
it looks like Vader's helmet slash his suit slash armor slash life support system. It was, it looks like they're slashing it apart. I don't want Vader or Palpatine to be used as like, as bait, mm. essentially. Mm. I, that'll, I mean, those are two of my favorite characters. And if it's just like, ooh, let's draw them in to tell this story for 10 seconds, that'll aggravate the F out of me. Mm. As for the key characters, Ray, Poe, Finn, Rose, Kylo, uh, I'm forgetting someone. I can feel it. <laughs> mm, I can see. Anyway, but I just, I want their storylines to be full circle from where we first met them in The mm. Force Awakens. Okay. I don't want to leave the theater going, well, what the hell happens to them now? Oh, okay. Now, so this is interesting then. So do you do you want all the things tied up and, and questions to be answered? Or do you want to leave with questions? Do you want to leave I, with speculation? I normally like leaving with a little bit of speculation because my writer brain fills in the gaps and I create worlds where I know that these people could exist based on the information that I was given. But in a saga that has been going since 77, I feel like the loose ends should be a lot fewer than not. Hmm. If if we leave with so many questions and we know there are no finite answers, I don't think that will be satisfying. Interesting. Because this is the end of these characters. If they're dead, if they're alive, I'm not asking them to show me, like, if Kylo ends up living but exiled, I'm not asking them to show me him living shirtless in a hut drinking some soup. Like, I don't care about that. Oh, I just want to know. know. That could be all right. <laughs> Oh, I just made it. I made Baby Yoda like the soup thing is in my brain, but I yeah, I don't I don't need full complete exposition, but I just don't want to be wondering like, oh, is that person alive or are they dead? I don't like not with this. It's too big. Okay, so you don't want that scene like at the end of A New Hope where Vader's Tie Fighter is spiraling out into the galaxy. If that had been that, we'd be like, whoa, what happened mm -hmm. to the big guy? So, exactly. Okay. That, so, oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Let, let, let's continue to peel some, some layers back. Barb, I want to come back to you on this one. So there we are. We're watching episode nine rise of Skywalker. When, when it comes to the weight that is on this installment, do you feel that this installment is the most critical of all of the films? All nine films? Yeah, we could even throw Rogue One and Solo in there as well, but sure. That's, it's so hard to say. I, I think it's the most critical of the pre-sequel trilogy. Okay. Uh, in, definitely, especially with where The Last Jedi left off yeah. and what we've got to do. Like, this is definitely going to bring closure to the sequel trilogy. When it comes to the entire trilogy... I wouldn't say it has as much weight unless, again, they throw something at us that nobody's expecting mm. that could change the way we see the rest of the trilogy, all of the trilogies. So the rest of the original trilogy and the rest of the prequel trilogy. If if they did that, that would be epic, in my opinion, in, if it was good. What would constitute in your perspective – 
something that was epic and good. See, this is why I'm not a writer <laughs> because my ideas <laughs> suck. I don't know. Oh, That's not true. I like. There's part of me that really wants to see Anakin Skywalker in this. Okay. Really mm-hmm. want to see that. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know in what way or how it would work or story wise, but that would be really cool. Okay. So you know mm-hmm. something like that, and and if we saw. And you're talking about like the Jake Lloyd version, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Hayden Christensen. Oh, I really want to see oh, Hayden Christensen oh, gotcha. in, okay. in this film. Okay. It, th- I think that would be really cool. Some people might be adding me and hating me right now nah, for saying nah, that. So. But if we saw him as a force ghost and it, it did something to change our perspective of the rest of the movies, mm-hmm. that would be really cool if it was good. If they mm-hmm. ruined it for me, then I'd be like, what the hell were you thinking? Ooh, have you got my brain thinking? Right? Would you... <laughs> Would you be open to Hayden Christensen returning, but not as Force Ghost Anakin, but as in resurrected Anakin? Ooh. I don't even know if that's a theory or not, but just listening well, to the talk. Pro- okay, so the problem with that is that yeah. we've got a much older version of Anakin Skywalker dying in Reven- uh, Return of the Jedi. And so that's Sebastian... Shaw, thank you. Yeah, I get... <laughs> Sometimes I Let's say, go back to outrage. Sometimes I say Sebastian Stan and Sebastian oh, yeah, Shaw, and I mix those two yeah. up, and then I'm like, "What an odd mixing!" I up. know, right? But they both have Sebastian <laughs> names, anyways. So he died much older, and so it wouldn't if he was resurrected as Hayden Christensen. That wouldn't make sense, right? But For- Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost, is now in the yes. perverted version, mm-hmm. of and I don't Return agree with I don't agree Damn. with any of the changes yeah. they have done. I really want to go back home and pick up my VHS trilogy from the eighties yes. that is unaltered because yes. unaltered <laughs> because it frustrates me all the changes they made, including that one. But because they did that, yeah. they could have the Force Ghost of Hayden Christensen, not a resurrected one. Okay, all right. Eve, let me Ooh. let me bring it back to you. So, do you think that one will this two should this <laughs> force us to look at every installment previous to this differently? One will this. I think it absolutely will. Yeah. I know Whoa. me personally, I will watch this and be like, oh, it's time to go back. Mm. To to just look at the veil of a complete mm-hmm. nine arc story or 11, yeah. if you're including the... the, the but, but I mean, but yeah. I mean like, yeah. so, okay, so we're, we're, we're close to, to celebrating Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have to speak quietly because my daughter's still awake, but she's, she's eight. She still believes mm-hmm. in Santa. Right. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a day, probably very soon, where someone is going to say something and it's going to change her entire world view. Mm-hmm. Are we yeah. going to get that mm-hmm. in episode nine? That everything Ooh. we've seen to this point just goes like, what the f*** have I been thinking for the last 40 something years? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what capacity. I think it's a possibility, and I only think that because of Palpatine returning, mm. or the whatever version of Palpatine we will get. It's just too big of a thread mm. to not have us kind of immediately want to run home and be like, oh, I have to start watching from episode one. Mm. To just follow this person through his entire journey. And even in the moments where he's not present... 
it could affect all of those times in between, the influences of the Force, what Kylo went through while he was training in the Academy. It might not have been Snoke. It could have been Palpatine the entire time. We just don't know. And I think one of the things that Barb said, you really got my brain going with Anakin because the the farther out I get from Return of the Jedi and his and Vader's death mm-hmm. slash redemption, the more I don't think it was true redemption. And this could be a movie where that happens in some Force Ghost capacity, huh. where Ray and Anakin in in some way, shape, or form, and maybe even Kylo. Who knows? Anakin could ultimately be Kylo's salvation and. That would definitely blow my mind and un- unseat every expectation I have and make me go back and just look at all of these characters and their journeys. Mm. So I think that this movie has all of that. Will it? Yes. Should it? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I think that this is this becomes an interesting thing, right? Because one of the things that J.J. has been quoted as saying is when Kathleen Kennedy approached him to wrap up the series and this saga – he said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he said basically like, okay, how crazy can I make this? Right. And, and not, and not in like a experimental film way. Right. But in like, <laughs> just how many different things could I do? And in fact, there, I know for a fact that one of the videos they showed at celebration in Chicago, when they were kind of doing a, a montage of, all of the behind the scenes stuff over the, the many, many years of production, there mm-hmm. is a, a still picture in there and you can find this. I think it's been posted by star Wars.com at this point, but there's a still picture of, um, Warwick Davis picking up the mask for his Ewok character wicked. Mm. It is, however, a present day picture of Warwick Davis. So there there's possibilities and like none of us picked up on that at celebration, right? Or very few fans picked up on that at celebration. Right. And so I guess, you know, one of the the most infamous or famous parts of, of star Wars is, you know, George Lucas comes up with the line in return of the Jedi. That's from a certain point of view. Right. And so do you think we're going to get a certain point of view out of episode nine? It's like, Oh my gosh, they have just certain point of viewed us. They've just POV'd us. Um, (laughs) Or do you think that that's too far of a stretch? Would, would that ruin things if it's just kind of this offhanded, well, from a certain point of view, actually, Palpatine's a nice guy. <laughs> Are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, I'll start with you. Sure. Okay. Uh, Palpatine's not a nice guy. Not a well, nice from guy. a certain point of view, Eve. <laughs> No, from any point of view, he's not a nice guy. And that's why I love him. But I... <laughs> All right, then. I, I... I don't... If you're asking literally if that line will be in the film, in I, like if it's spoken or if it's kind of a thematic conceptual moment, I feel like it should be a bigger one. If it's mm-hmm. a throwaway thing, then it'll. I don't think it'll land well. I agree with that. I think if it's mm-hmm. it, it, it has a, so much of a chance to come off as so trite that it'd be like, yeah. JJ yeah. ruined my childhood. It was already wrecked by <laughs> Ryan Johnson. It was already wrecked by JJ the first time. <laughs> <laughs> From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, I've had a shitty childhood. Um, 
Listen, listen. If Star Wars wrecked your childhood, your childhood <laughs> sucked to begin with. All right. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, it's true. All right. All right. So let's go a little further. Peeling back layers. Peeling back layers. Um, <laughs> Barb, I'm going to come well, back to you with this. All right. Give me. I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. okay. You've and already given me a ton that I'm like. It's what I do. I'm the host, <laughs> damn it. I'm like thinking of Wicket being in The Rise of Skywalker and I'm ecstatic right now. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. Um, all right. I'm going to give you a scenario. Mm-hmm. And I want you to say the first feeling oh, no. that comes to mind. Oh, gosh. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. You're closing your eyes in the studio. This is great. She's actually like bracing herself. Breaks for impact. I just put numbers. my hands behind my head. Like, it's like oh. we're going to go light speed into the freaking Snoke's lead ship. Hey, I take this seriously. Not clearly. Clearly. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Um, you walk out of the theater after seeing this the first time. What is your feeling at the moment? Boom. Go. What is the one thing you're feeling? Ah. Uh. Eve, go. Euphoria. Euphoria. Nice. All right. Euphoria. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's do a podcast on euphoria. Um, (laughs) I think I want mine to be like satisfied. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of going back to the Thanksgiving meal thing. Just. I just, I know I'm going to be like silent because I process so slowly. Yeah. (laughs) Barb, which emotion would you rather have? As soon as you, as soon as the theater lights come up, sad or ecstatic? Sad. Mm. Sad. Eve? Sad. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, would, do you think, Barb, that you would be sad because, like, it, meaning the saga, is over? Or because mm-hmm. of what transpires within the film itself? All of the above and more. I mean, a lot of what I'm thinking <laughs> I haven't mentioned has to do with Leia. Yeah. You know, and how her character is yeah. going to come to its end. And yeah. Or what- not. I mean, okay. I, you're not necessarily meaning like character demise. You're meaning like just it's being wrapped up. This exactly. Is the of, okay. Like okay. there's closure mm-hmm. to right. Leia's character. I, okay. I didn't mean demise. I mean closure to okay. her character. Okay. and. You know, with how we all feel about Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Just, there's going to be sadness. Sure. And there's going to be mm-hmm. sadness for, I. you know, as much as my view of things has changed um, as I've gone through Star Wars my entire life, Luke Skywalker is still, there's there's going to be something there that's just going to tug on me. Mm. And, and there's mm-hmm. going to, and, and from... Some of the things I've seen in the trailers, which is why I'm not going back to watching the trailers anymore or seeing any new ones. Yeah. I'm just, what is going to happen? And I just, I, I, I feel sad in a good way. Does mm. that make sense? <laughs> you know, like. Melan- I, melancholy. I want, exactly. Yeah. And I want the satisfied sadness. Yeah. In, in the mm-hmm. words of Anne of Green Gables, miserably morose. Um <laughs> Eve, from your perspective, mm-hmm. walking out sad. Will you? Will you feel this though? Will you feel, to quote, Darth Vader? Will you feel the circle is complete? I want to feel that. Yeah. I, I my sadness stems from a 
kind of that all good things must come to an end. Mm. And, 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 and listen, I know Star Wars will always live on in some form or capacity, and I can always go back and watch these movies whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. But, but it's just that, oh, this is such a good thing. It's such a positive, like, light and force, and yes, pun intended, in my life that I love the excitement for it. I love looking forward to it, theorizing about it, podcasting about it. So the sadness is definitely, it stems from all, just that all good things. Yeah, must come to an end. Well, that that's actually a great segue to where I want to go next, and and that's this that you know we have been riding on the shoulders of these characters for forty plus years. Mm-hmm. If this is the end of the saga, does this first? Does this chapter nine? Does it have to set up anything for what's to come next? Does it need to give us enough questions about a character that? Or a situation or a scenario in order for us to go like, oh, maybe that'll be the connective tissue. Or should this just be like, boom, doors shut. We <laughs> shall not name Skywalkers ever again. It's like Voldemort <laughs> all of a sudden. We don't mention Skywalkers. Um, Eve, what do you think about that? Should this be like the the proverbial Disney vault is shut? Skywalkers <laughs> are uh, officially uh, kicked to the curb. And Star Wars is reborn with other characters that we come to know and love over the next 40 years? Or do you think, like, mm. I don't know what Disney's going to do. Like, I dig the Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to Clone Wars. But is it possible to create a character now that kids are going to love 40 years from now? Wow. I I don't think that it will be a vault closing. Okay. I don't think that it's just like clink never to touch again. Skywalker's done over with. Yeah. I think we'll have some sort of broom boy situations and that ultimately will be in some way the future of mm. Star Wars cinema. Mm. Will it have the same like power and lasting and gravitas as the skywalkers i don't know that is that's kind of like a, a void area for my brain <laughs> well but it begs the question though right and i'm and i'm with you on that 100% but it begs the question though like today's kids yes mm-hmm. is culture different yes is society different yes is the world different yes on so many levels yeah. but at the same time guess what we're all humans and we mm-hmm. we all want to believe that we're part of something bigger so yeah. let's not get into mincing like whether it's a good film and we like it or we don't, but let's get into <laughs> let's get into more of like no, we as humans buy into things like love, sacrifice, redemption and all those things that made current longtime Star Wars fans love this stuff. Barb, do you think that we're going to have characters that your daughters, my daughter, Eve, your daughter are going to be like, "Oh my gosh, that I I found my Star Wars. I found my character. And 40 years down the road, mm-hmm. they still have a love and affection for the characters that, quite frankly, the public hasn't even been um, made aware of yet. Definitely. Yeah? Definitely. What's it going to take to do that? Well, in a way, they've already done that with the sequel trilogies. Okay. And, you know, see, mm. seeing, you know, one daughter and spe- specifically just always wanting to relate to one of the female star Wars characters yeah. and wanting to dress up like her. Yeah. And, and I have no doubt that the next movie is going to do that even more so. And mm. that star Wars has become 
a part of her growing up, a big part of it, and in a way that she can really relate to me. And yeah. and it's it's fun for her. It's fun for us. Mm. And I think she's definitely going to take that and pass that on as she gets older, just as I have. So in that way, Star Wars is timeless, and the characters, mm-hmm. old and new, are going to find their places in people's hearts in different ways. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, well said. Eve, jump in. What, what are some of your thoughts when it comes to that? Do you think that characters that we have yet to meet will be able to capture the imagination and, and hearts of Padawans today and mm-hmm. will be carried forth for another 40 years or so? Uh, yes, but with an asterisk. Be- and okay. I know that's a little contradictory to what I just said about, you know, my brain has that void where I can't see if another Luke Skywalker is going to emerge from, right. you know, the rubble of the Skywalker saga ending. But I def- there are always going to be kids that attach to a specific character in any Star Wars content that's given. Mm. Whether it's cinema, television, comic books, there's always going to be someone that just opens up that book or presses play on the movie and just their mind is blown and they have stars in their eyes for the rest of their life. And Mm. I think that that's fantastic. Mm. I, my only concern and where the asterisk lies in my opinion is how fast people consume and blow through Mm -hmm. content in, in these times. It's very quickly to just be like, Oh my God, I love that thing so much until the next thing comes out. Right. So, Will there be? Absolutely. Will it be as big as 1977 children? I don't think so. Mm. I I agree with that. And I think it has everything to do with just the fact that we, on a global scale, are mm-hmm. consumers. Mm-hmm. And part of being a yeah. consumer is you gobble up as much as possible. And I, I'm going to go, I don't even think it's going out on a limb. I, I will suffice to say 40 years from now. Star Wars will be looked back on um, as an incredibly powerful cinematic journey and modern day myth and all those things. I I don't think it's going to have the legs that it has today, though. I really don't. And that has everything to do with the fact that we are faced with so much stuff. Mm -hmm. You go back to the late 1970s, you know... Where did three and three quarter inch action figures come from? Oh, an entire industry was birthed <laughs> out of Star Wars merchandising, right? Like there was no three and three quarter inch characters, and that size was decided because, like, oh, that's about the size kids would want to play with that have smaller hands. Mm. I don't know that we're going to see that same wave of acceptance. I don't know that we're going to see that type of acceptance on that scale, but, but here, here's my guarantee to our listeners. So right now we're recording episode 213. So in 40 years, we'll be on episode 2,293. <laughs> um, so put, put that on your calendars. And, and Still talking about stuff. I know, right? <laughs> Ryan Johnson, damn it. <laughs> you know, I don't need ruin my childhood. He's ruined the last 40 years. Um <laughs> It's so great. Um, <laughs> l- literally, an apocalypse has happened, right? It's just like a Mad Max scenario, and there'll literally be old white dudes walking around going, Fuck that Ryan Johnson. It's all his fault. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, I think we, we are kind of in this interesting place because the, the demographic that was hooked 
on Star Wars from from the get go, nineteen seventy seven. We are we are now part of that generation that has um, disposable income, right? They, they know that they can get us. They know that they can mash that nostalgia button and pull us in. And and listen, I know not all of us are in, in great financial situations. I'm a teacher. I get it. Um, <laughs> but but I will say that like Disney knows who their audience is. Oh yeah. Disney knows that they can hook some of our kids and they'll take them for as long as as we'll give them to them. There's no doubt about that. It'll just be interesting to see if our kids, when they are our age, what they are doing financially speaking, as far as like, Oh, of course I'm going to pony up however many thousands of dollars to go to star Wars celebration in, um, (laughs) wherever the Ukraine, I don't know. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I think we're we're near peak fandom, though. I think we are near peak fandom. That's mm-hmm. that's exciting and scary at the same yeah, time. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. What are we going to do with ourselves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at the same time, Disney like does things like throws a baby Yoda at us, and we all go insane. No, and... Don't don't throw a baby Yoda. <laughs> Nobody puts oh, baby Yoda in the corner. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. I can't. Oh, I can't talk it. about him without crying. Oh my gosh, those eyes. Oh, those, um, those ears. Oh, Everything. I love Werner Herzog's comments on them too. Calling the yes. people cowards. 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 Yeah, so if you're, if you're not familiar or didn't uh, read the article, uh, Werner Herzog, who is a, a, a film uh, affectionado and awesome <laughs> director in his own right, told the, the Lucasfilm team who was considering doing CGI version of, of Baby Yoda instead of using the animatronic one, and he called them cowards for considering <laughs> it. I was like, that is so great. Loved it. Oh, yeah. So great. So glad he did that because. Yes, because mm-hmm. look what we have. Look what we have. Ugh. The only thing cuter is my dog. Star Wars. My dog Phasma that I'm looking at right now. Hi, Faz. Um, <laughs> all right. So here, here, here's the last question for, for this particular closer look. And Eve, I'm going to toss it your way first. Mm hmm. What is the one thing that you want your daughter to take away from episode nine? Courage. Mm. I want her to know that in any point in her life when she feels that fear to turn Mm -hmm. back and to turn away or to stop, that she keeps going. I love that. So... Barb, for you, you you've got three minions, Padawans. Um, what, what is it something that that you want them to like take away from episode nine from the the saga in itself? Oh, that's so hard because all three of them are so different. I just I want them to know good story mm. and how story can mirror our own lives. Mm. Yeah, because you know? that's that's what film has been for me yeah is just the movies that impact me the the most the ones that i love the most yeah are the ones that Mm. i can really relate to yeah and or that just tell me such a good story that um i I think with both of you on that i mean i think the thing that i would want my i would say my son too but he's 25 he don't care um (laughs) Um, I, the thing I want would, for my daughter is for her to be able to look at this collection. And by that, I mean everything from Star Wars through 
Rebels and Clone Wars and Rogue One and so everything and and be able to identify with the the strong females throughout the galaxy, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ones that you know you've mentioned that are courage that work through um, disastrous situations. I mean, <laughs> I, I I know that we all have different reasons that that we love Princess Leia, but I mean who has given a better line and a better example of <laughs> incredible dedication leadership than what she did in a new hope when she literally said, we have no time for our sorrows commander. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's crazy talk, right? Like your entire planet just got blown up and we have no time for sorrows. I just like, that is so legit. Mm-hmm. And there's so many examples of that throughout the galaxy. So it, and for that matter, I could care less of whether she resonates with the female characters, the male characters, the droids, whatever. But those themes that are woven into those characters, I think that is something that if Star Wars is to remain relevant for the next 40 years, it has mm-hmm. to do that expertly. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about with so many other options on consumerism and film and everything else that... Star Wars really more than ever, I think has to return to the very core of the mythology that Joseph Campbell talks about Mm -hmm. those things that Mm -hmm. draw us in that we, regardless if we live in the United States or Australia or the middle East or wherever that by the mere fact of being human, certain things call to us. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's going to bring our closer look topic to an end, but stick around, Tauntauns. We'll be back right after this to wrap things up. We're not done yet. What did you say? As long as everybody behaves, this will be quick and painless. I want more. Eve! What's going on in the galaxy yes. this week? Well, you mentioned when you started the show how it's been a while since we've all been on together, That's but true. we have more stuff coming. D- yes, all of it is true. <laughs> we have more stuff coming down the pipeline, and that is a particular super in-depth examination study of Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth. This amazing series will be beginning in February of 2020, and we have a lot of special guests lined up and it's going to be a little bit of a different format. So I don't know. I feel like we're pretty jazzed whenever we talk about it. We're, we're, we're pretty excited to tackle this outside of that with the holidays coming and Christmas, just a couple weeks away, you can gift unmistakably star Wars with an Apple music music review. And you can do that by just going to iTunes and searching unmistakably star Wars, or you can like our Facebook page and we will love and appreciate both. So thank you. And if you have any questions or comments on today's episode, what your thoughts are on the Skywalker saga coming to an end, you can email us at unmistakably star Wars at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to this Joseph Campbell exploration. So we're going we're gonna to get into uh, his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And if you haven't read that, here, here's what I recommend. We're actually going to be breaking it down pretty much chapter by chapter, section by section. It, this mm-hmm. is crazy. We're going to start in February, and it's going to carry us into <laughs> like early summer. 
which is amazing because we're going to take that much time dissecting it and not only looking at that, but how, of course, relates back to Star Wars. And then as Eve mentioned, we're going to have some we're going to have some guests on as well from other podcasts. Uh, you'll know some mm-hmm. from their roles on television. Uh, we've got some authors lined up there. There's going to be all kinds of folks popping in and giving their insights on that. So speaking of holidays, whether it's Christmas or Kwanzaa or uh, Festivus for the rest of us, whatever it is that you celebrate, or maybe you just need to rationalize giving yourself a gift, get that book, Joseph Campbell's <laughs> A Hero with, with a Thousand Faces, and then join us. I, I guarantee as we go through that, it'll really be cool as you're reading that along with us each and every week to go deeper and deeper into the psyche and the mythology of Star Wars. So again, that begins in February, 2020. And then, you know, Eve, one of the things that we should probably tell the people like, Hey, where have you guys been for the past couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so <laughs> as part of my, my parole, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> wow. It's, it's, <laughs> so here's the deal, right? We, here we are. We're on episode 213. It has been an incredible, incredible ride, M- much more than we ever expected it to be. So many highlights that we we could talk about. And at the same time, as, as you may well know, listeners, uh, it can be tough week in and, and week out to produce something, especially something of quality. So in doing that, um, I also felt myself needing a, a little bit of a break. And at the same time, there was just some other creative endeavors I wanted to, I guess, explore a little bit to see if there was anything there. And it turns out there <laughs> is. And and mm-hmm. Eve, you're in the same boat. There's some other creative endeavors that you were wanting to explore. And, and so here's the really, really good news is the team isn't going anywhere. The band is not breaking up. The Beatles are still together, friends. All right. <laughs> um but what's also super cool about this is that Eve, you've got two podcasts in addition to USW that, that you were mm-hmm. launching. So just give a quick blurb about each of those. <laughs> uh, well, the Iron Sea cast has been out for, well, it debuted in April and then my life fell apart. So it really kind of re-debuted in fall, the, like maybe two months ago, the episodes have started to become more regular and it's a real world in-depth conversational podcast because as much as I love wearing my fangirl hat I'm I need conversation I need deep conversation with people so that is my emotional outpouring outlet podcast because I love podcasting and then the other one which has not launched yet but will soon actually edited the intro episode today funny enough um should I share the name Uh, that's Uh, totally up to you (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this really? time. Do yes, it. I'm going to do, do it. it. Uh, so we'll Don't be called... do it. Don't. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> um, it will be called Pop Apothecary Podcast because, listen, there, like we talked about on the show today, there's so much content to be consumed and I am such a fangirl of so many different things that I need to talk about those and that's where all of it will live. And I'm excited. That's awesome. And so obviously you can find them in Apple podcast mm-hmm. and you'll have websites available. And, and as things get up and running and stuff, of course, we'll put links in to USW show notes and all that stuff. So yeah, go, go like, and subscribe Eve's new podcast. And then, yeah, I was exploring a couple of things as well. Um, one of them, as many of you that have been here for any length of time, uh, have, have come to know that I'm a professional educator by day. I've done over 20 years in education from K through 12, including corporate training at one point. 
And it occurred to me that I kind of am a fan of this thing called education. And so one of the podcasts that I'm launching is called the Education Underground. And it is dealing, quite frankly, with what's going on within the world of education. That includes what's going on um, with, with students and parenting and, and all kinds of things. So if in any way it touches the world of education, we'll be talking about it. And then the other one that uh, is also getting launched is called the Audio Distillery Podcast. And similar to what Eve was talking about, I, I realized that I'm passionate about <laughs> a lot of things in addition to Star Wars. So I wanted to do mm -hmm. a podcast that actually, well, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit because really all it is, I don't, don't tell anyone this, it's just between you and I, what, what it really is, is me just interviewing things that I'm interested in and people that I want to know what they do for their job. And then I'm sharing it with you. So let, let me just give you a couple of, of ideas here. So here, here's who I've got lined up. I, I'm interviewing, um, well, of course, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you're familiar with Tom Spina from Regal Robots. So he'll, he'll be on. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I've got a military aircraft controller. I've got a Navy fighter pilot. I have got um, a beekeeper, more fascinating than you might think at the beginning. Um, I've got an entire <laughs> team of people that uh, are in Hollywood who produce direct movies, who work behind the scenes doing sound editing and all that stuff. So that'll be a little mini series. I've got a 911 operator coming on. Um, we've got a law enforcement polygraph person coming on a lie detector test. And I've got some other artists. There's also some people that um, are on cable channels that are going to be making an appearance as well, but I can't release who the name is yet. Um, and so I'm super <laughs> excited about that. That will all be launching uh, audio distillery. The education underground will all be launching early February. So February is going to be busy around this household. Um, so listen, we just want to share that with you patrons. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw in a couple extra things for you guys because you guys have been faithful to USW. And so you're going to get some exclusive audio in addition to USW exclusive audio. You're going to get some exclusive audio from audio distillery as well. So stay tuned for that. Check your emails and stuff through Patreon and yeah, you know, you'll find out all the details with that. Hey, I, as always, we always want to make sure that we thank you, our listeners, for hanging out with us. We know that there are a heck of a lot of Star Wars podcasts out there, and we are so, so humbled that you would choose this one to put on your playlist. So thank you for hanging out with us each and every week. And of course, to our patrons, you guys are incredibly awesome. We cannot, cannot, cannot say that enough. Thank you for all you do and your generosity and financial sacrifice to keep this podcast chugging along. I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't mention you by name. David Anderson, Brandon Boylan, Derek DuVernay, Dave Hackerson, Michelle Grandine, Matthew Keegan, Chris Letty, Neil Lowry, Kyle Russell, Regina Sanders, Aaron Sinner, Skip Skipton, Krista Smolinski, Franklin Taylor, Rick Villanueva, Michael Ward, and the always fabulous, what's going to happen to C-3PO? We got red eyes, and I <laughs> saw a, a Black Series 6-inch C-3PO figure in Target the other day. He had Chewbacca's bowcaster and his bandolier on what is going on that's going to be an entirely different episode we got to have amy on for that oh my goodness oh i'm worn out i got out of shape the voice is a little scratchy now i'm it's i gotta get back into pot shape i gotta get the pot <laughs> pot boot camp to get this thing going again oh my goodness all right my little tauntauns the circle is now complete that's gonna do it for us this week we'll see you next time in the digital docking bay just as we will also see you then on episode 2293 we're out of here 
Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. <laughs> 